0: I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 69. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Heckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am so glad our guest today, Todd Purcell. He's a mortgage broker with Purcell Mortgage. He's been a broker for six years based out of Calgary, Alberta. He's a top broker with uh, DLC. I'm stoked about this interview today. Todd, you ready to rock? Yes, sir. Awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business?
1: All right. So a little bit about myself. I've been in the business, as you mentioned, six years. Uh, came into the business uh, straight out of university, actually. And we've actually been running our business as a family team. Uh, so there's myself, my mother, and my brother who
0: joined us two years ago. And so at a university, obviously you had some options. So what can, compelled you to get into the mortgage business? I think it's a great business, but so what compelled you to jump into our business? Or this business, not our. It's your business too. Our business?
1: Well, what eventually compelled me was Joanne. uh, My mother had been bugging me for years uh, to come join her. I'd been running her marketing for her uh, during my degree. I had uh, helped her out with a little bit of, I guess, assistant work, unlicensed assistant work, um, helping her process, keep up to date on all of her files. And I at first, I thought I didn't want to join the business. I wanted to go out, do it on my own, create my own thing from scratch. I had gotten into financial services straight out of high school, uh, found out I don't like selling insurance, and... Uh, you can ask uh, the lady at uh, MPP who uh, we work with there. I'm really bad at selling their insurance products still. Uh, yeah, and then I tried a year of engineering and decided I hated engineering. But probably one of the best years in school I spent for this business because once everybody graduated, uh, I'd been in the business for a couple of years and I had them all on Facebook. And I started getting calls from old friends I went to engineering with saying, hey, I want to get a house. Can you help me out? I'm like, fantastic, and Calgary, Alberta, engineering. It was great business.
0: Good clients. Uh, yeah. And that's a, great, that's a great strategy. So go to school, that's something, to meet a whole bunch of people and then become a mortgage broker and pick them all, all off as clients. That's the first time I've heard yeah. somebody use that uh, strategy.
1: I, I know. It only costs probably about 8000 $10,000 uh, if you get out after the first year.
0: <laughs> right, so it's pretty
1: hard to turn. At that point, at that point, now you just have to add everyone to your database. Wait about five or six years for them to graduate, get a job, save up a down payment. Uh, it's it's a slow strategy, but it worked.
0: Right, <laughs> that's hilarious. And. Um, um, then, so go ahead, sorry. And
1: Then from there, I uh, then from there I went into a business uh, school, uh, business entrepreneurship. I decided I hated engineering; it wasn't for me. I, I didn't love numbers as much as I needed to, to be in that uh, field. And I also felt it was an ethical thing. I would never want to be in a structure that was engineered by myself. That would be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So I switched ship. Yep. Went into business and I found my calling. I loved it. it. It was where I wanted to be. I knew I liked numbers. I didn't love numbers, but I loved financial. Uh, mm-hmm. Numbers. I love dealing in everything financial. I excelled in my accounting courses, and uh, it just made sense at that point. Uh, I knew where I wanted to be, and so while I was going through that degree, I had an attempt at starting a few businesses. Uh, one was a marketing business. Uh, the other was actually a designated driving service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I decided that I was going to drive was it some Uber? people
0: home. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You, you probably heard of Uber, right? I'm sure.
1: Uber. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is before Uber. Um, Uber. I, before Uber, uh, I started up this business. I had been working uh, part-time in the evenings uh, with uh, one of the pubs here, or actually one of the, the local bars, and I built up a, a decent network of people in that industry, and I uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. Uh, I had a partner who decided he was going to partner with me at first. Before we even got the company started, he decided he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to give up his evenings at the bar, uh, so I went forward on my own. Got that going. Had a decent amount of business coming in right away, just because of a few connections I had in the industry. And ultimately, it was at the end I sold uh, my phone actually for that business. I wanted to get out of it so bad. I sold the phone through the buyout uh, to one of the one of my competitors uh, that we shared a little business back and forth with when one was too busy and the other wasn't mm-hmm. because I couldn't handle the getting up at 8 a.m. and getting back home at 4 uh, a.m. Lifestyle anymore, because I was still going through school. I was doing uh, Joanne's marketing for her at the time, a little bit of underwriting for her. I was going to school. I was still working at the pub that I'd started out of a few nights a week. Uh, I'd gone from being a bouncer to running a mechanical bull. It was a lot of fun but I, I had a lot of experience <laughs> That's with hilarious. that. I had a lot of experience with that and decided I had to get out. I uh, couldn't mm-hmm. handle it anymore. One of my drivers that I hired, I had, I think, three or four teams going by the time I got rid of it. Uh, one of the my better driver teams, I found out, was stealing money from me mm-hmm. uh, because it was largely cash business. Uh, then they backed a client's vehicle into another vehicle which cost me a few thousand dollars in repairs and I had no control over it. I didn't like having the no control part. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I fired everyone except for one guy because I had to have control at that point. I didn't want to lose a bunch of money. And then we ended up picking up a call that uh, was the last one I ever did. Uh, picked a client up from the same bar I worked at, drove him home. He tried to jump out on the jump out of the I should say jump out of the car we stopped the car Uh, he was trying to ditch on the ride he didn't want to pay for it and he Mm -hmm. directed us to several different houses that weren't his and he would just squat in the backyard for a short period of time when we refused to give his keys back to him because we knew he was just going to get back into his car and drive off uh, he would get back into the car and he'd take us to the next one and he did this four or five times until he finally got us to his house long story short his roommate finally paid us after I think waiting for 20-30 minutes And he ended up punching me through the open window of my car right after, uh, at which point I had him arrested. And Mm -hmm. I was done that stage of my life, and I needed something a little more, a little more normal. And I uh, I had actually registered for the mortgage course, I think about almost a year prior to that moment. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to finish off the the mortgage course, do the test, and get into something much better. I had to write the test by, it was at the end of the month. I looked up when the next exam date was, and it was actually in two days from that day in Red Deer. So I studied hard for two days, drove up to Red Deer the night before the exam, and uh, took the exam the next morning, and the rest is history.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Two days of... I guess having all of the background be- being working in it with uh, your mom's business, and then all the education time you spent in school probably made it easy. But two days is like, I think it's going to be a record for... Uh, how did you do any studying, or did you just like pick up the books and do them in that last two days?
1: I'd read the first three chapters, I think, about six months prior. Wow. Uh, and um, I, I studied all the stuff that I didn't know. So I didn't know the laws. Uh, so, mm-hmm. all of the RECA mortgage laws for Alberta, I studied that chapter in depth. I studied the mortgage math and a few other ones that were very important. Uh, the rest of it, again, a lot of it was common sense based off my degree or the work I'd already done it, um, through working with Joanne. And cross crossed my fingers and
0: it worked. That's awesome. So, before we dive into your story, I was going to ask about a success quote that's had a really impact on your life or business? Can you share a quote that's really impacted you? I love how quotes are portable, they're memorable, and you can use them again and again.
1: I can't tell you this is an exact quote. I might paraphrase paraphrase, paraphrase a little bit, but where you focus your mind, your attention is going to be where you see success. So whatever I decided I'm going to focus my time on, I find great success there, whether it's I want to increase my business. So I focus, my my main focus is on growing my business. And I find my business just fantastic. And then I also realize at the same time, my health starts deteriorating. So I make a focus Mm -hmm. on losing weight. And that's where my focus is. I you know, I gained 20 pounds in growing my business. So I'm going to focus on uh, getting back into shape. And then I Well, drop 10, 20 pounds in a very short period of time and start feeling better about myself that way. And then I noticed that something else in my life has gone to the Mm -hmm. side. So I noticed it's a fantastic system, but you have to be sparingly about it and have maybe a little bit of focus on a balance versus
0: uh, just focusing on one area of your life and discipline to know when to switch between uh, each exactly. you know, each category. So uh, The other thing I noticed talking to successful mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs is that the failure is something that happens but it's never fatal. You can always learn from it. So can you share uh, an example of something that you'd failed at but looking back, there was a lesson in it for you?
1: One of the biggest things that comes to mind is my past business. Uh, in the designated driving uh, field, uh, I I failed a few times. and. I look at it as that was a training business uh, for my future endeavors. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, mm-hmm. I did a bunch of research upfront on how to operate the business, how that industry works, what I needed to do to generate business to it, get out of my way, out of my comfort zone okay. to go and meet people that could send me business. I ended up meeting a lot of owners of different bars, establishments in doing so and created comfort in, in getting out of my comfort zone.
0: So oh, yeah, that's true. That was a good, I guess, being punched in the face uh, is a, you know, not something that everybody can say. Sort of, what's a lesson in their business? So in the, the you know, this other business that you've done, what's a, something that you took from that that you that, that's helped you in your mortgage business?
1: Don't be afraid to make the call uh, because one of the one of the ones where it was complete cold call, I had no idea what it was going to turn into. Um, I made a call to an owner of a pub downtown, and he ended up being one of my best clients himself. As well as referring me a huge number of business. And I remembered that. And it was a call that I'd sat there staring at my phone for I don't know how long. I think it was a few days before I finally made it. And it turned out to be he was a fantastic guy, uh, young. I, I think for that industry, he was in his late 30s, maybe early 40s, he had a young family, uh, it was just a really stand up guy, and I learned a lot from that. Uh, and not to be afraid of the phone, not to be afraid to pick up the phone and make that. Tough call, especially after you've been looking at the phone for two or three days and hasn't done anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, isn't it tr- funny how we can, you know, psych ourselves up about making a phone call? The other person, they're not thinking about it at all. Like, they, you know, um, it's it's a crazy thing. So I've noticed talking to mortgage brokers that they always have the systems and processes. They don't just kind of show up and hope for the best, but they're always willing to tweak those systems and processes to get a better result. So I want to ask about administrative process. So something on the back end, maybe not sales related, but. Maybe um, Can you share an administrative process that maybe wasn't working as well as you guys were liking and then a change that you made and then the outcome that you got?
1: Sure. One of the biggest things that we've had, uh, well, actually, this is very recent, so uh, this is an easy question. We were working from a small office inside a real estate office here in Calgary, and all three of us were in the same office, a small space. We could easily turn around, yell at each other, and let let the other ones know what was going on, what we were working on. We still had a few slip-ups where we didn't communicate within our team uh, very well, and I'd say probably a consistent thing was we would all reply to the same email three times, which is a good problem to have. (laughs) <laughs> you know at least the email uh the clients are being responded to. But at the same time, the client's getting three emails. They all sound very similar, but worded slightly different. And so we needed to find ways to tweak and adjust that so that when we were communicating among ourselves much better so that we could communicate with either our ref- uh, a realtors or a referral partners or our clients, whatever it was. And it was actually, I was talking to a few people that I know who aren't in the business. Uh, I know a lot of tech geeks. Uh, I think that's a technical term as well, tech mm-hmm. And they take that as a badge they, of honor, by the way.
0: That's not like that's not a. isn't a derogatory. That's uh, not a. Oh, I know.
1: Uh, it's, they, they, they it's, a, a, it's a badge of honor. honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I was I was telling them I. I love using Excel spreadsheets because it puts everything there nice and in front of us. But our big problem is I'll go in and I'll tweak the sheet or I'll make an adjustment to the sheet and then I have to save it back in a Dropbox or whatever we were were using to, to store that so we could all access it from our computers, whether we're at the office or at home. And then the other person would have to open it up, read it, make their edit, save it put it back in a drop box so I could go in and see what that had been done. It was just horribly inefficient. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, was, it didn't get used because it was a pain to use. Uh, same with paper. Uh, I know there's a few people out there who really love paper, but when you have three people and you're not necessarily all in the same space all at the same time, I might have a stack of paper on my desk up, uh, so I know what's going on, but they have no idea what's going on. And if you're working uh-huh. in a new environment, you have an assistant, everyone needs to know where you're at. So I was sharing this problem with one of my friends, and he said, well, have you tried using Google Docs?
0: That's exactly what I thought you were going to say to me. I hope he says Google Docs because we discovered the same thing with this. It's totally awesome. Keep going. And
1: so now I've got, I don't know how many spreadsheets I've created in this thing, but it's fantastic. I have a a, a task list where I have Joseph's, Joanne's, and Todd's columns and I have it separated down into, hey, this is a reminder at the top, you have to do these things daily. And then underneath this is our active deal. You have to get on this right away and you can't leave the office until that and until that Section's been cleared. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes down to I'm waiting on a response, so it's no longer in the green. It's uh, in the green box. It's in my orange box, and I know that I've at least made the call, I've sent the email or whatever, and I'm waiting to hear back from somebody. And I can go back to that and check. Okay, what am I still waiting to waiting to hear back on?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then I have my one that's for marketing and stuff that. Bank is it anymore? It's broken. nose? there's a number of things on the back burner that we all have. And you try not to put your client stuff on the back burner, but sometimes, uh, that next marking initiative that you wanted to do where, hey, I'd like to tweak this form a little bit goes on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, it's not my back burner. Uh, and I don't forget it and it's always there. And then I have my, this is what I've completed. So we all know, hey, Todd have this on this list. Now it's on the completed list. I don't have to go in and do it and we're not sending three emails to everybody. So we found that works. And then we also track everything from uh, new calls in, pre-approvals, live deals, and then closed deals to that same same spreadsheet. And I edit it. And two seconds later, uh, Joanne in the next office over, she can see my edit and knows that I've done that. Or it's on my task list, so she doesn't have to add it. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm out of the office and I get a call, I can call either one of them to add it onto the task list. uh, Or I could even sync it with my phone and add it for my phone as long as I'm not driving.
0: Right. That's good.
1: That's so really I, good. I think that, that small tweak has actually made us a lot more efficient and we're not tripling up on every task, which saves a lot of time.
0: Mm-hmm. And you don't have three emails going out to the same client kind of thing, so that's good.
1: Yeah, they end up laughing.
0: Well, and the other problem means? is that's actually a waste yeah. of two people's time, right? Because only, only one person needed to send that, and the three of you did, Then there's two of you could have been doing something else. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so that's, yeah, that's totally that's awesome that you've uh, you guys have found the the power of Google Docs. They're pretty awesome.
1: It is, and so now I'm uh, now that we've had that and it's working successfully, I'm looking at all the other things I can do with Google Docs because there's a lot there, and I'm still learning it.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to switch gears to the sales and marketing side because you said you have a like the marketing part of the business. So can you share an example of a sales or marketing process that maybe wasn't working the way you were wanting it to, and then an adjustment you made in the upcoming you got? Uh, sure. Advertisements
1: I like fast results and I found that advertisements advertising doesn't work as well as it could um, with my background I know you have to have a good healthy budget that you want to put towards it. I know you have to be patient, consistent, and you need to be in front of people in at least three different ways. And every time I go back to it, I'm like, hey, you know, maybe we can advertise and that will increase our business. I make myself up a little marketing plan. I say, well, if I actually want this to be successful, I'm going to have to get bus benches, but bus benches aren't going to do it alone. If I choose a community, I can do bus bench in the community. I can do the community newsletter. I can do mail out, flyer mail out in the community. I can go do door knocking in the community. At that point, and have my face in front of people three, four, five times, and then maybe even more. I can increase, I can spend as much as I want on doing it, but I, I feel based on what I learned, you need to touch that's a horrible.
0: Touch people, put your yeah, information in a weird way, not in a weird way, First, just...
1: not in a weird way. No, no, you, you <laughs> have to have at least three touches uh, where they can see your information before it sticks and mm-hmm. be repetitive and consistent so that they have those consistent hits for the time that they are ready to do something for themselves. And that could be a year, it could be two years, it could be five years down the road. Uh You have to have enough budget to consistently do that. And you can try doing it. I'm just going to try with this one. Okay, well, you can do that one little thing in the community newsletter that's only $50, maybe $100 a month. Fantastic. It didn't cost you very much. And if you're consistent on that for a good two, three years, you might start seeing a decent trickle of business from it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have the patience for that, so I put together a plan and said, well, if I'm going to do this, I might as well go full born into it. And by the time I figured out $10,000 a month was kind of the minimum budget I needed to throw at it, I said, I can put that $10,000 somewhere better and go do lunches with realtors or people I know, go onto my Facebook and just start booking meetings there, put that same budget there and get an instant result, mm-hmm. uh, an instant connection. So I. Even though I have a marketing and advertising background, and I can see, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, this is what I would do. Every time I run the numbers, it's like, wow, I could do so much more with that money. And I've also found that the, the leads that come from just doing marketing and advertising, now you're spending a lot of money. Now you also have to spend a lot of time in filtering through it because they're not very qualified no make high make
0: money. money. Hey. They're not as high of a quality as uh, a re- you typically have a referral from a past client or a friend or something. So I totally agree. But it seems like the people that I've talked to, there's some people that are like um, Colin Bruce in Edmonton. Like he's a, he's a machine. He's got a system down. And some guys can will build that and that's how they... And then other guys, they just seem to build their business around their clients and, and they both can work. But you're you have, like you're saying, you have to commit to whatever whichever one it is. You can't just dabble in it and expect it to work.
1: Well, exactly. And when you have enough business coming in from building up referral relationships or whatever it is, whatever you're doing, if you have a good steady flow of business from that and then you're like, I'm going to try and double my business and all of a sudden you're turning gears and you have to talk to 100 people just to get two closed deals and you're like, well, frick, I was talking Mm -hmm. to 10 people to get five closed deals before. Why am I doing this? I'm not going to do this anymore. It's expensive and silly. Right. But if yeah. your system was built around that and you're really good at closing them, then fantastic. But you, you have to be prepared to just put in the time and effort in addition to get good at closing. So the uh-huh. ratio go from a hundred leads to five or ten closed deals. But again, it's a completely different business.
0: Yeah, different and business model. And totally I'm horrible. Horrible at that business model. Mm-hmm. Um so I've, I've been hearing the need to d- diversify income, and uh, just talking about brokers, some people say, "Hey, you know what? You need to get into selling." Well, you talked about MPP, but um, so do you, I just wanted to know what your take is on cross-selling other products. Um, do you guys do it? Is there an area you're focusing on, or do you, you just focus on doing mortgages?
1: Uh, we focused on doing mortgages. Like I said, we are horrible at cross-selling MPP. Just I, I actually find I can instead of selling it. Can still offer it and if somebody wants it they don't want to go searching and shopping elsewhere fantastic we can sign them up I get a little paycheck for it but not selling the MPP means I can build out another referral relationship with a financial advisor and insurance broker and the nice thing about that is they have a completely new line of business that isn't coming referred from a realtor that I can possibly refer it off to one of our realtor partners
0: mm-hmm. yeah it becomes a two-way so street at, that's really good
1: yeah, I look at cross selling as well I've got a X many referral partners who are realtors. I can have X many referral partners who are in the insurance or financial industry, and now I can feed both of those from the referrals from each, and not have to worry about stepping on someone's toes or referring off a client to a realtor who was referred by another realtor
0: because mm-hmm. Right, totally. That's great. So I want to ask you. Obviously, there's three of you. Um, so how do you balance your mortgage practice and family? Like your, uh, you know, your what's the what's the secret to that? That's an excellent question.
1: Um, Within my personal family, uh, or I guess my person, between me, myself and my girlfriend, I have promised her that she has Saturday.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I will be able to call it Monday through Friday. Right. And she has me on the weekends. And if I manage to get out of the office early and head home around 6 or 7 o'clock in the evening, fantastic. Then we have an evening together and we can actually have supper together. Mm-hmm. But the trade off is I will work as much as I need to during the week, and she has uh, Saturdays. Right. So I try not to book anything if I can on Saturdays.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to do it. And then with Um, the rest
1: of the family, uh, Joanne and Joseph, they found a system where they live very close together and they see each other all the time. Uh, And it definitely helps because uh, Joseph has his uh, son and so we're very close to grandma. They can mm -hmm. have a relationship, do dinner all the time. I'm a little bit further away, so it's not as easy. So we we try and schedule at least one family dinner a
0: month. Right, that's uh, good. Where we get together. Yeah, that's good. Uh,
1: and then, yeah, uh, and then it's doing whatever you can to have a hard line between family and business. And the longer you're in
0: business together, the harder it is to find that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then family time can turn into talking about business. Oh, did you call back on that deal? How's that deal going? Like, you can can be lots of work shop talk when you're doing family time.
1: Exactly. And then you see the eyes of all the spouses roll around the table. Oh, they're talking about business again.
0: Right. Exactly. So I'm going to move yeah. to the rapid fire questions. You can answer these with little shorter answers if you like. So what is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful?
1: Picking up the phone. The phone is scary. I know a lot who would rather just sit behind their computer.
0: Mm-hmm. So what one thing or habit do you think made you successful?
1: I get really, really bored if I'm behind my computer too long, so I have to get away. I have to get up. I have to walk down to the real estate office and chat with people. I have to get on the phone and start doing something else. I don't like sitting and looking at a computer for too long. I don't know if that's helpful, but mm-hmm. um, I... I, no, no, I no, like
0: but yeah, it so is. You're, you're switching it up between uh, your different types of activity to keep it, your energy up and keep it fresh so it totally makes sense. I do the same thing. So I do the interview, so I work and I take a break and with somebody and I'm learning stuff and then I'm all when I'm done I'm all fired up and I'm like okay I ready to go again you know so I totally agree I got to switch it up to keep it interesting the
1: most, the most exhausting thing I can do all day is not leave my desk
0: mm-hmm. um, so do you have an, an internet software like a resource or software program you' said uh, Google Docs do you have another one that you use that you find that helps make your business more successful
1: now we've been using auto uh, for packaging and sending documents off to lenders although we find we're finding it's sometimes redundant. We're doing a lot of things multiple times, so we're trying to find ways that we can remove the redundancies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're, we've been using Auto, we've been using Google, and obviously some objects to try and make everything easier. Now that I'm starting to understand Google Docs a little bit more, I'm seeing what more we can do from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. If you could recommend a book for our listeners, what would it be?
1: Think and Grow Rich.
0: That's a good one. So a the, 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 um, have you heard of Scribd, Describe what? Like. It's just a website called Scribes, Scribd, S C R I B D. So a guy told me about it. Basically, it's like Netflix for books and audiobooks. So you pay like a small monthly fee and then you can, it's like a library. You can read any book pretty much that they have in there. You can listen to audiobooks. It's totally awesome. So I just got hooked up on it. But check out, it's like, yeah, kind of like how Netflix is for TV shows. Um, so S C R I B D. I've just stumbled into it and I'm um, loving it. So this is the last question. Um, Actually,
1: uh, Hold on. Actually, on that, uh, I just found out about another one um, yesterday morning in a mastermind group I was in. Philosophersnotes.com. Twenty-minute summaries. Just get into the
0: meat and potatoes of thousands of books. Oh, that's good. I'll put that in the show notes so that people can get to it. Because sometimes you don't want to read the whole book. For sure. You just want like, give me the, give me the meat and all of the stuff. Yeah. Um, So the last question is the DeLorean question. Remember the movie, Back to the Future? Mm -hmm. And so the DeLorean, you could get in this car travel in time. So if I could put you in the DeLorean and rewind the clock to your six years ago when you started as a broker and you could sit down with yourself to have a conversation so that you could have a bigger, better business today, what three things would you tell yourself to have have a better business?
1: Limits only three. Okay. Uh, Just three. (laughs) Limits meeting times to 45 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half at most. Uh, because it's a lot of time out of your day. And then Mm -hmm. we're also throwing including travel time out of that. If you can park yourself in an office where you can have people come to you, all of a sudden you're a lot more effective. Actually, this is one of the things I got from Duster, is if you're spending an hour to two hours driving to the appointment, you're in the appointment for an hour or two hours, and then another hour or two hours driving back to your office, that's an entire workday gone for one appointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Getting very, very picky about your time uh, so that you are there when you need to be to answer a question or get a deal done. Uh, so uh, the second thing is spend more time on uh, one-on-one lunch meetings or coffee meetings. Coffee meetings if you're on a more limited budget because that's only $5 a go, and you can mm-hmm. do more of them in a day. Instead, I, I try doing all these networking groups uh, at lunchtime and you have 10 people around a table. And everyone's trying to get a referral from themselves. And I found I had a lot better success through trial and error in just doing one-on-ones, actually getting to know somebody versus kind of getting to know somebody or kind of getting to know 10 people, get to know one person really well and focus your time there. And the last, internet leads are frustrating and
0: time-consuming. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. So shorten your. you said shorten your work time, uh, you would um, ignore internet leads and then... What was the second thing?
1: Invest uh, in time, in, uh, in time in one-on-one content. One-on-one actually, meetings, yes. referral partners, one-on-one versus ten-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you're actually building a relationship uh, that might be more than just a referral relationships, And that person is going to remember you a lot more than that guy who he may have gotten a card from that he really doesn't know. And all he knows is he needs to bring another referral to the next meeting. So it's going to be just a referral versus, hey, you know what?
0: I'm sending you my best referral. Right. Yeah, that's good. So this is awesome. Awesome advice, Todd. So where can people find you online?
1: Uh, They can find me at, well, right now, toddpurcell.ca because we're going through a revamp on our website, but then you can also go to PurcellMortgageTeam.com, which you'll get Joanne's website right now. Uh, Are you guys hiring at, at all? Are we hiring? We are very picky on our hiring, so we're looking for good people who do good business and we'll take on maybe one new person a year because we want to make sure that
0: they're getting the right training mm-hmm. and um so anybody listening to this you can get the show notes linked to everything we talked about at i love mortgage todd i really appreciate your time man i hope that you crush the rest of your year well thank you you as well sir want to rock your mortgage business then crank up the volume with your host scott peckford on i love mortgage brokering Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Beckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's Brokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing, since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.